0: In the 21st century, working people working
1: hard for you and me, moving higher, time and time again,
0: through the years you'll find us here, moving
1: higher. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the Moving Iron Podcast. And this is the Wednesday morning show, and this is something I'm going to start doing here with my good buddy Brent Carlson from uh, Dry Line Farmer Podcast. So Brent and I have been uh, kind of got growing our relationship here over the last, I don't know, two, three, four months, something like that, and we've been on each other's shows back and forth, and and uh, I really enjoy Brent's show. He's got a pretty funny take on, on what's going on in agriculture, and then uh, he got his buddy old Landon on there, but Landon's not with us this morning, but... Um, <laughs> It's a, it's a good quality show, so Brent, welcome to the show.
0: That was awful touching. I I, I don't know where to go from here. I'm kind of getting teary-eyed over here. Well, that's, 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 like that's a special that's relationship you've, you've, you've conjured up right there. I'd
1: like to pull at the heartstrings, Brent. You do. It's start terrible. off early in the morning that way.
0: I've actually got wires going to my heartstrings right now. <laughs> <laughs> this thing comes off in like six hours, so I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. Right on. Right on yeah 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 it's cool man I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where this thing goes we're uh, talking about anything and everything's like i know when you and i discussed about doing this i'm like man we gotta do let's do it let's do it energetic let's do it upbeat i mean we talk trash on whoever and whatever but yep. everybody's kind of in a sour mood across the marketing aspect anyway corn's down and at least down here it stopped raining back in i don't know what may and yep. then it they, nobody thought it would stop raining in the midwest now they It stopped raining, and then they needed rain, and then they got too much.
1: Yeah, it's it's all over the place. place.
0: We're we're here to to lift everybody's spirits, at the very least. At the very least.
1: So the the, the idea behind this whole deal here is that Brent and I are just going to take a look at some stuff that's going on in the news, hit some topics every week, and then uh, just uh, show the lighter side of of how messed up the world actually is right now. So Brent, why don't you... Well, that's not very positive. That's very positive, because we're going to have a funny spin on... On 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 the shit show that we call the uh, call the news right now because I I don't know about you Brent but I listen to the news now and I've kind of almost tuned it out other than the markets uh, you just it's it's all over the place and you know you don't know you have to listen to five different places to get the the entire truth and the whole story so it's uh it's uh it's a fun world we're living in now that's for sure
0: you know I I used to watch the news all the time and then like literally after Trump got elected and I don't know. I think, and I think everybody's the same way. I just I watch the news in the morning and catch the highlights, and, which I do. Listen to talk radio, which is a little oh, yeah. different. I mean, it's not just news; it's opinion, or it's not. It's mostly opinion, right? But um, and it's and I listen to the entertaining guys, like you know, I just don't I, I listen, to, you know, I listen to Beck in the morning, but they're pretty entertaining. You know, they're not just. I mean, he gets sometimes when he starts crying, I yeah. have to turn it. But uh, most of the like right now, he's probably doing is nine eleven. Uh, reflection, which is always pretty, pretty touching. But, uh, right. you know, I'll listen to him and uh, then I'll go to some sports and everything. And hopefully, baseball will be on by then. So, but yeah, you know, the news cycle has just gotten so, I mean, it's just so washed out, so saturated that everything's, everybody's saying the same thing. And it, even really in talk radio, too. I mean, it's just rehashed stuff over and over again. But,
1: yeah. So, at, uh, hope. I was at Talk yeah, Radio Junkie, too, man, where you would. Yeah. Start in the morning, and you listen to the first show, and by the end of the day, you realize you listen to the same show five times or four times or however many shows you listen to. And I'm like, this has got to be. There's got to be a better way. So,
0: I is think- Hannity doing another show again at eight o'clock tonight? <laughs> oh no, that's just Mark. I, I want to know how Mark Levin has a radio. I mean, he's a smart cat. Oh yeah, but that dude's voice sounds like somebody. has <laughs> got him by you know mm-hmm. a sphincter and just pulling on him during the entire segment screaming and that high pit i don't know how the dude i guess he's so smart that doesn't matter what his voice sounds like
1: he's he's a pretty intelligent fellow that's for sure but
0: yeah he's smart but he, he sounds like a he sounds like a
1: munchkin in the wizard of oz well screaming probably probably some truth of that so all right man let's jump over and talk about some markets real quick so for those of you who don't know brent's handle on twitter is trader brent and brent is a uh he does do some trading. He uh, he farms out in the panhandle of uh, of Texas down there around Hereford in uh, uh, Hereford, Texas, and so he does do some you know obviously marketing his own grain and those kind of things. But he also likes to play with the uh, in the uh, casino of that we like to call the commodity market. So, Brent, what's going on in the markets right now, bud? Well, uh,
0: we'll start out here with the. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what kind of cadence or rhythm I'm going to do like the radio people do Yeah. because like they talk mm-hmm. throughout, you know, they're talking back and forth like you and, our, you and I are, and then they get into the market and they like get to this auctioneer cadence. Oh
1: yeah. It's very much like, an auctioneer cadence. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 So I'm trying to figure out if I want to do it in Spanish or maybe a little French lingo. I don't know. But uh, until I nail that down, we're going to look at uh, agriculture and of course everything. So right now I've just got the uh, kind of the front months up here on the board here, corn's down Quarter of a cent down there at 361 and wheat. Chicago is uh, 480 and a half, uh, down penny and three quarters. Soybeans, November, 8 set cent. I've never done this. This is weird, uh, Casey. <laughs> Soybeans in, November, in the November contract. <laughs> hope you're not long. Two cents lower because it's at 870. Uh, cotton, number two, because Cotton has been taking a number two for the last three months, that's no and that's why it's at fifty nine forty, and that's up six cents. And mind you, this is my delayed quote screen, so I'm really professional. But what I'm really looking at this morning, Casey, is the coffee market. Right on. And uh, the December—I don't know if December is even the lead contract month, but it is had or it has had nine thousand and twenty-two contracts traded. It is, and I don't even know what this number is. It's one hundred and three point eighty, and I don't know if that's 103, let's see, I'm going to pull up the contract specifications, but it's up $2.20 and whatevers. Let's see, okay, we're going to go down to the contract, so this is, the contract specifications on coffee is, it's Arabica coffee, it's 37,500 pounds per contract, tick size is 5 cents per pound, and let's see, the point value, every point is 375 bucks, so every contract is $37,500, Casey, so that means it's – that's got to be 100 weight, doesn't it?
1: I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I would
0: think so. So it's $103.95 is the high today on the coffee. Massive breakout, Casey. It was down there, and uh, to all you coffee growers out there in Iowa and I think Southern Illinois got a heavy concentration of coffee. Or what about Nebraska Panhandle? They probably got some coffee concentration, don't they?
1: Well, there's a lot of people that concentrate during their coffee in the morning.
0: (laughs) Well, as far, of course, everybody, uh, I mean, it's really literally broken out. It's like $5, broken out $5, which looks like a big bid for coffee. But back into into our relevant uh, commodities here, yeah, we're all waiting on the report tomorrow. I guess it's probably what, at 11 o'clock. And uh, I don't really think, I mean, I don't see how it's going to really change much. Between now and last month, uh, it's going to ought to be pretty flat. Um, in my non-expert opinion, but um, I figure, you know, surely they can't really, I mean, they, you wouldn't think they could add more acres to it. I mean, it's a very, which I thought that the last report, and I was dead ass because I got a bunch of calls next to worthless, so that's, that's pretty bonus. But um, soybeans, um, I'm not a soybean guy. I've traded the spreads, and I've traded the market, but we can't grow soybeans down here because it's dry AF. So uh, soybean, you got lots of soybeans around you, don't you, Casey?
1: Not, not. I mean, if you go east of me a little bit, when you get about east of, oh, uh, like Imperial or Ogallala, Nebraska, you start going east of there. You start hitting more soybeans. The altitude out here is pretty high, so they they run oh, okay. into some issues with that.
0: You're a lot like us, then. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah so, uh, and of course, we've got cotton down here, and fortunately, we did some contracting back back before it broke. That's the life. So, um, hopefully, there's not a something bad going on <laughs> but uh <laughs> um you know we lost there's a lot i'm still shocked at the cotton market because uh everywhere in the country where there's heavy cotton areas the southeast they were burning up all spring oh, and yeah. good part of the summer and then the delta where they have a lot of cotton it got flooded in uh that one tropical system that went up through there and then south texas they uh you know they're not having a good crop and uh, the southeast that once was burning up got a lot of rain but then they went to burn it up again so um they're pretty light in cotton and up here in the south plains of texas we're we're kind of hereford is where we're at and of course we're a little north of lubbock about 100 miles which lubbock is the center of all the cotton country and their cotton crop is pretty crap yep. and uh you know even up here you know which nobody cares about texas you know mid to upper texas panhandle cotton there's just not enough acres to affect the market um you know i don't know how many like our gym did 100 oh well the gym we go to it did over 100,000 bales last year and it'll probably maybe do 30 or something this year so we lost probably as hard enough as it is to believe we lost probably 70 percent of our cotton at planting or you know after planting time due to too much rain and cool weather which is mind-boggling looking back through the summer but uh you know, what we have, we never really got to water because we're too busy, committed to corn, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, it looks pretty good. It's got a decent load on there. So, yeah. uh, but you know, I guess it's just gotta be all demand side because, um, and, some, and uh, trading yeah. stories because the supply, at least this new crop is, is pretty garbage.
1: Yeah. And especially when you look at the cotton market and you start looking at the key growing areas of India and Australia and those places like that, again, they've had really dry weather, <clears throat> Had dry weather that have affected their ability to grow, and now um, India got all during the monsoon season right now. So now they are uh, they're in they've had the best of both worlds too dry now it's entirely too wet on their cotton crop. So really, kind of very indicative of of the overall health of the of the world financial markets um, and what that what that looks like as far as you know how cotton relates back to to people's pocketbooks and buying clothes and those kind of things. So it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's a strange market right now, no doubt about it. See the the India thing, that's that's my whole big question. I'm wondering because they've
0: got what over they've got over a billion people in that place and I mm-hmm. either they're not willing or whatever. I mean, I know they were allies and everything, but you would think that would be the number one that would be the number one option other than China to go sell as much ag products as you could possibly get rid of. I mean Obviously, they're you know it's a non-beef country just right. for the religious fact, but uh, right. and I don't know. I bet that's probably shrinking a little bit. But um, you know, they've got over a billion people. You would think that they could they could use everything we could sell them. But I guess they got to be able to buy it, right? Which I bet we'd float them alone if we had to. So, oh, we float
1: uh, everybody else alone. It's funny how we, we borrow yeah, money from everybody else to lend to somebody else. That's that's, uh, that's a you well. Know, I mean, we
0: import and export oil. Right. I mean, uh-huh. and it's pretty much. As far as I know, I'm not a uh, petroleum engineer, but oils. I mean, you got your Brent crude and your and your sweet
1: crude, but you know, how many different crudes are there? Yeah, you got your well, you got your Brent. That's that's the world. That's the world kind of uh, North Sea and all that. Yeah, that's your that is the world like standard, right? And then you got West Texas WTI, West Texas Intermediary, and that is going to be your that's your. uh, because Texas, you know, is Texas, right? right. So they got, they got their own American, basically, Right. Yeah. And that's your American market. So they would consider Brent to be sweet crude that's coming out of Saudi Arabia and those kind of things, and then, and, and then how that stacks up against there. So normally, when you look at Brent crude compared to West Texas, there's a there's usually a, a pretty good difference between the two as far as that goes. And every state like Kansas has got a crude market, you know, Kansas crude and, and those kind of things. So it's a, there's, and each one of those are like, usually Kansas crude's about $10 off of West Texas and West Texas is right, usually $10 off of Brent. You know, there's a spread there. And it's all based on the quality and this, that, and the other thing. And I have, my dad's been in the oil field business forever and I'm sure he could explain it to me if I ever wanted to truly sit down and listen to him talk about it. But I always feel like there's more important things to talk about, like football, for example. That's always a good topic around the house. Of course. So, um,
0: yeah, Antonio Brown. He's got a whole new set of problems. I noticed this morning. Oh, really? He has.
1: There's more. There's more greatness there's, coming out of that guy, huh?
0: There's sexual allegations
1: against him now. Oh boy, I, this is just a gift that keeps on giving. I mean, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you know, I don't
0: know. I, I, all I did was read the headline about it, but uh, Antonio Brown accused, yeah, of you know, rape in the civil lawsuit. So, yeah, that's. No more bad news for that guy.
1: So he he done so much to help himself. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. I
0: mean he's he's, 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 he's his own worst enemy.
1: I mean, come on, nobody man. but God. him can get in front of
0: him. So yeah, because he's a he's a awesome athlete to say the least. Right, Dude can freaking straight up box out and run run away from people. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I like to turn over the ESPN page because man, it is, well just if nothing else, the colors. I really like the colors. You got your oranges and your reds and your blues. (laughs) Yeah, just more uplifting than the Drudge Report. It's just black and white.
1: Yeah, that that ESPN thing really captures your attention. It does. Because I mean, another part of it too is they have to capture attention because you can only talk about a baseball story for so long before like it's it's baseball, you know.
0: Or you can talk about how France just eliminated Team USA from the World Cup. Not that really most anybody cares. So um, because it is. Wait a minute. That is basketball. That's basketball. Why do they call it the World Cup? And why did we get beat in basketball, from, let alone from France? Man. Russia or Ukraine or any Balkan state, I can see because they're all 1,000 foot tall. <laughs>
1: but France? Yeah, well, the world's kind of catching up, man. The world's catching up in the old basketball days. It's not 1992 great- anymore. Yeah. France
0: defeated Team USA 89-79, and I wonder if that's metric sport.
1: In the FIBA,
0: is it FIBA? FIBA World Cup quarterfinal, snapping the U.S.'s 58-game winning streak in international tur- tur- boots. Oh, that was nice. With NBA players on the roster. That's, that's a whole bunch of I don't care. That's what that is. You're an I don't care bear. Yeah, France awesome. has defeated Team USA 89-79 in the FIBA World Cup quarterfinal at Dongguan, China. Wow. What losers was on that team? Okay. Evan Fournier, Rudy Gobert. Their team's oh, that, pretty that's stacked. The, uh, yeah. That's the uh That's the French. That's the French dudes. Yeah. I'm guessing they didn't have um basically the Golden State cuz the Golden State Warriors could pretty much be any all-star <clears throat> international team you would think. They're pretty or stacked. Or even Toronto, which they're American uh, Canadian, but yeah, I don't know. You, you you should be you should stay undefeated forever until we get bombed by like Liechtenstein or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know. World's catching up on the basketball stage. Even China's got. I some. guess so. I mean, at Yao Ming, they like, you know, Yao Ming's mom and dad were were both uh, like champion top stickers? <laughs> they were they were they were all basketball players, and they were the idea oh, okay. of, They they wanted. But that's how he got Yao Ming. So he has got you know you don't see too many Chinese folks that are six foot seven or however tall he is. Oh hell no! Yao Ming was six like ten. over seven feet, dude. How oh, was he that tall? Oh, yeah, right. he was a
0: center. <coughs> Yao Ming, oh, yeah. Yao Ming was seven foot five, yeah.
1: So he's kind of a short fellow.
0: Yeah, yeah, he kind of on the short stick. Yeah. Net worth 120 mil. He's 38 years old. I didn't know he was, I, he was right at my age. Spouse was Yi Li. Children, Yao Qin Li Ming. And parents, Yao Jiwan, Wan and Fang Feng Di.
1: Hey, your Chinese well, you know, is that
0: whole family, they're all tall. Oh,
1: that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard.
0: <laughs> Don't even get me started on the Juans, you know. All right. <laughs> they were kind of outlaws.
1: Yeah. All right. You the duck in the background. Look out. Um, all right, Brent. So do you want to you jump into this story about uh livestock operations in Nebraska that some guys – Jumping up and down about that could actually have a big uh, ripple effect on the on the entire uh, state's ag- or uh, cattle production. Or do you want to go into uh, John Bolton?
0: Yeah, let's do this cattle guy because um, the uh, the plant that went on fire and went offline that that really helped. You know, yep. the cattle producer as it was. Yep. So cattle plant in Nebraska.
1: All right. So there's a guy in Fremont, Nebraska, which is on the very eastern side of the state, not just uh not too far from Lincoln, uh, or kind of I think it's in between Lincoln and Omaha maybe. But anyhow, um there he's doing uh basically a a confinement situation up there where um He has a petition set up where they're going to basically try to stop all confinements. And his big rub came in when Costco, and I'm getting this from AgWeb, by the way. So the headline is uh, Proposal Could Stop All Livestock. uh, Sorry, Proposal Could Stop New Livestock Operations in Nebraska. And. so he, he got all fired up when uh, Costco came in and opened up a poultry plant because they are getting into the uh, the chicken business, so they're going to grow their own chicken to sell. Uh-huh. And um, so he got pretty fired up about that. So now they're going around trying to get this deal out of here, and he claims that the zoning regulations are 40 years out of date and need to be revised. So I don't know, man. This is one of those things where he, the purpose of agriculture is in the U.S. is to, to build a cheap, safe, um, readily available um, food source, and this is a uh, this. I think this is another one of those um, opportunities for activists to jump in that don't understand what they're talking about um, and try to uh, disrupt stuff. And, and you start talking about nine dollar hamburgers at the grocery store, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a problem. So I guess you're a cattle guy. Um what's your thought on this and, and kind of what's your uh what's your approach to this whole thing?
0: Well, I think it's pretty much like anything else nowadays when people form a lawsuit, it's always for a bigger it's always for a bigger reason and they're trying to stop. I mean, this guy's obviously trying to probably a vegan or vegetarian guy and he's probably trying ultimately to stop all animal productions. What this is my conspiracy theory, you know? I mean right. he goes into uh says he's leading the charge against animal operations Uh yeah to help stop uh, yeah and here this is the old cliche to help stop corporate takeover of Nebraska family farms or you know you can replace Nebraska with American family farms. What's the actual number that farms are actually still owned by families? It's like in the the vast majority is still owned by you know small families or Mm -hmm. individual families. So um you know right there you know it's already pretty uh, skeptical to believe this guy because I mean, that's just simply not true. Right. And, um, I mean, Costco is a big outfit, obviously, especially when they open a poultry processing plant, but, um, you know, don't even get me started on the whole conspiracy on the Packers and versus the producers and the grocers and everything as far as in the beef market. But, um, you know, that's, it's just another, it's just another, uh, another avenue for these people to try to do an in run around, um, you know, Traditional agriculture, and yep. you know, I'm all for making, you know, outfit, you know, uh outfits are not pr- processing facilities. You know, ethical and all that good stuff, and uh, clean, safe for animals and the people that work there, and everything. You know, keeping all that in line, but at the same time, you know, this only, like any other major policy, it's going to affect low-income people more than anybody else. Oh yeah, it always does. It always will. It always has. And um, that's just the way it's going to be. And so, you know, you get on down the story, it says um, some of these ag groups in the state see this petition as an attack against not only this single poultry operation, but against the entire livestock industry, it could set a dangerous precedent for Nebraska and other states. So, yep. uh, you know, you know, here where we live at Hereford, you know, outside of Hereford is where we, our house is, but, uh, you know, Hereford's surrounded by feed yards, and it's a pretty... St- when uh, if it's a windy day in the middle of the spring, which every day in the spring here is windy, but it blows all day, and then the wind lays down and it's calm, and there's just a haze over um, over the city. And, um, just, it's not just dirt, it's manure and dirt. And, um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look good and you can certainly smell it. You can certainly feel it in your lungs. And, uh, there's even been a couple of feed yards there that have tried to install sprinkler systems that, um, would settle the dust. And I mean, it's like pouring, it's like pouring a drop into a, you know, the Sahara desert. It's just, you're never going to be able to put enough on there to, right. um, to settle the dust. So, um, you know, and when people drive through, they're going to see that haze of dirt and manure in there. I mean, it's pretty hard to uh, argue when they can just point and say, "Yeah, look at that." You know, that's and you know, when you actually go to a feed yard, it's you know, it's if you're not used to it, I mean, it'll knock you down until you do get used to it. So, um, I guess I don't know what the answer is for those guys as far as you know, dust and air quality is concerned. But it not shutting them down is not one of them, no. it's, um, because it's only going to make you know. It's only going to make the supply of beef and cheaper foods, you know, harder right. to come by. So, uh, which is you're damned if you do, if you damn if you don't, because you're a producer, you want the most money you can for your product. Yet you're, you know, you're promoting the fact that we need a cheap and you know a cheap and very accessible food
1: supply. So, right, you know, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. Yeah, those same people that complain about all that stuff that you're talking about aren't complaining much when they go to their local steakhouse and get that that ribeye, and and they're, they're sitting not. back enjoying that and. and or grilling on the weekends, or whatever it is they're doing, um, that I think there's that that's just the disconnect between the the uh, the average American and agriculture. You know, um, good example right here that at the bottom of that article. It says uh, they're they're talking about um, the Costco operation that started the discussion uh, would house more than five hundred thousand chickens in twelve barns. Now, so when you read that sentence, you're like, oh, five hundred thousand chickens in twelve barns. Somebody wow. from, you know you name major city United States that sees 12 chickens, 500,000 chickens in 12 barns, they're thinking the the very stereotypical red barn that you see in every picture on the farm, right? Right. Not, not these barns that are, uh, you know, 400 yards long that have, uh, that are just stacked, that are full of, uh, that'll be full of these chickens. They're thinking like, oh, they're just piling these things in there. And they, I'm not going to sit there and say that they don't, but, What's in their mind, their image they have in their mind is, uh, is quite different than what it actually is. Well, they've
0: all seen Napoleon Dynamite. Oh,
1: yeah. And that's a good, that's a good place to start with that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they think all the farmers are feeding their hands, you know, uh, raw egg milkshakes.
1: Right. And they've got talons, so...
0: Yeah, they've got talents so and they pay them in change. which, I mean, I guess if it gets much cheaper, they will be getting paid in change. I forgot my... The best idea. thing about that movie that I noticed as a farmer or, you know, grew up on a farm is that Napoleon, they have a DTN satellite dish on their house.
1: Yep. There's there's that lots of the so nuggets in that show, man. Um, you know, as a, as a JUCO football player, Napoleon's wearing a Valley of the Sun Bowl t-shirt. And I saw that the other day, and I was like, that is that is awesome. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't exist anymore, but... Back in, I played in that bowl game in 1997, I think. Really? So that was that was kind of cool to. uh to see that shirt but that that show is funny you know i forgot my checkbook but i kind of pay you in change you know that's,
0: that's <laughs> he does like he does like two pats on the front of his overalls it's like but but forgot my checkbook Hope I don't mind, you don't mind i'll pay you and change yeah, yeah he's like he's not one. checking for his checkbook you know he didn't <laughs> bring his checkbook <laughs> yeah, That's funny. oh that's funny. Uh, yeah you know it took me two times to catch that to really get that movie the first time i'm like what's the big deal and now i'm like yeah Okay, yeah, I get it. It's funny. I get it. That that is a, that is a cult, ultimate instant classic. Yep. Especially yep. as a especially as a farm kid, yeah, that's yep. pretty. And that was like came out. I think right after I graduated, and we got everybody. So I went to a, had some that went to A and M, and they have a huge chili fest down there. It's like 30,000 people, and they have you know big concerts, whatever. It's outside, and everybody had, and they have chili teams. Everybody had a Napoleon Dynamite themed uh, team chili cooking shirt. So oh, yeah. yeah over Pedro's and oh, yeah. all this and that. Yeah, it was pretty yep. pretty wild stuff. Yeah,
1: But I guess... Like redneck Woodstock. <laughs> right. So I guess the important thing here, folks, is, yeah, these articles, you see them and you're like, this is the most absurd thing I ever had, but don't, don't, like, put this to the side, man. This is stuff that we need to keep in front of us to make sure that... We don't let this go away because this is the kind of stuff that can wreck the entire market, and and it's getting harder and harder to get the uh, public's opinion uh, of agriculture to be positive. It seems like every time I turn around, there's some craziness going on. So,
0: yeah, you know, yeah. as producers and everything on our side of the deal, you got to be intelligent about the way you argue these things. You can't you can't really do the simple or the um, you know the old school arguments of you know. Well, you want a cheap food supply, don't you? But yet, we want a lot of money for our product. So you really got to think this argument through when you're when you're debating this thing. And like I said, don't don't go into this. Don't go into debate debate with somebody. Just all you're concerned about is showing that they're wrong. You just tell them the truth about what's going on, and it'll speak for itself. So uh, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just a you know that's just a basic common idea that um, that you really try to ought to follow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So now let's jump over to this next story. We were both kind of talking about this this morning. So I got this morning to start checking the news stories, kind of looking around what's going on. And lo and behold, Donald Trump has fired another member of his staff. And old John Bolton got the got the ax because he didn't necessarily die on them. This is the article I'm reading, so... so you know take it take it for what it's worth but uh basically john bolton got fired because he didn't really agree with the president going talking to the taliban which i could what could possibly go wrong there you know what i mean there's there's only good things are going to come from that so um yeah i i think this is this is one of those things where i don't know that talking to a to a bunch of guys that are that are are famous for cutting people's heads off and flying planes into buildings. Um, I think there's probably a, a bigger uh, picture here that you, you probably really, there's no need to, I guess, talk or sit down and try to hash out some kind of peace plan with a bunch of savages because they don't, they don't think or operate like everybody else does. So I guess what's your opinion of that, Brent? And, and I guess, what do you think of all this?
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you can't, it's just, you put it just right. You can't, you can't uh, negotiate with a, with a savage that people do that. Because they have absolutely no interest in um, in debating or not debating, but agreeing with you. There's, I mean, these in this instance, the Taliban. Their sole purpose is to kill all non-believers. I mean, that's their sole purpose. That's why. That's who they are. That's why they're the Taliban to eliminate all non-believers in their in what they're believing in. So, um, it's of course with Trump, nothing should shock you anymore. I mean, with Trump, he's uh, the biggest wild card there ever was. But I love. I love this AP story. The, uh, the subtitle is it, of it is "Inside Bolton's Exit," and that could be a—that's what she said, bill But and and the following: Mongolia, a mustache, a tweet. That's inside his exit. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of all double entendre, entendre, entendre. So uh, yeah, you know, I've, uh, John Bolton—he's a pretty big war hawk. He 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 don't mind blowing stuff up, and uh, it's kind of a, his forte. But, Cat is smart, and he did a great job when he was in the U.N. The, as an ambassador. So, um, yeah, you know, I, a lot of this I'm on his side because you can't deal with the Taliban. And uh, he was, a, but you said he was against the North Korean deal. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I know, like, if you, if you know your history, you know, FDR, he negotiated with Stalin. And God Almighty, Stalin has killed more people than even Hitler, and you know, outside of Mao tongue. Stalin killed more people than about anybody in history, maybe except for Genghis Khan. Right, and uh, Genghis Khan, he flat dude had some game. He had, <laughs> have, they said what like, of ten percent? I don't know, ten percent, like two or three percent of the entire global population could be traced back to his progeny. Right, so yeah, he's like the ultimate um, sire bull for uh, you know club cap operations. But yeah, so. Um, I'm with you. You know, you can't negotiate with these savages because anybody that can do that, I mean, they're psychopaths, sociopaths, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, what goes on behind closed doors in the White House, regardless of the administration, you know, would probably blow our mind. But, you know, now it's just taken to a new level. And I think that's with social media and everything and, you know, everybody's got instant access to all the information Um, it's pretty hard to get a pretty, a straight line story on what's going on. But, um, and I mean, Trump has really turned, you know, he's really put a bright light and everybody's a whole lot less, uh, timid to really say what they think or, you know, do a shock value tweet. I mean, the, the power of his keyboard or his phone is, you know, it's, it's more powerful than many smaller countries you know, control centers for the military. I mean, I got, I mean, you know, like you said earlier, I'm a trade, you know, I trade quite a bit and everything. And, uh, in the end, your trades are always on you, whether you make money or lose money. But dude has blown me out of the water a couple of times. Just a tweet. Oh yeah. Like I was, I was long crude. I was long crude. And then I hadn't tried and I hadn't played crude in months. And the next day it was down five, five bucks. And I can't remember if, he directly has something to do with the story or whatever, but it apps I mean, five. That's five grand. I just had one contract. That's five grand in uh, ten minutes. Yeah, just plummeted. And then he did another one. You know, and I trade the S and P and stuff. And you know, you gotta have your stops in there and everything. But I mean, dude will blow you through your stops just with a tweet. Come back, and I know that's nothing new. I mean, that'll happen to anybody. Any news story can do that to you. But um, it, it's made. For me and I know some other people, I know a lot of other people, it's made hard it's he's made it hard to trade in in certain situations. Now, yes, you do have to have your stops in place but I mean he's really jacked the volatility in some of these markets. And um and I know a lot of and I like volatility. I mean if you're a trader you love volatility, but there's volatility and then there's you know, then there's this. Yeah. So, um and you can't I mean, how do you how do you hedge against a tweet? You don't. I mean, I guess you always try to hedge against any kind of you know market story or whatever that might change your your trade but i mean dude has
1: made it hard yeah
0: harder than it already is
1: yeah it's yeah it's already tough then you got these outside things that and especially something like that i mean you and i put a tweet out no one pays attention to it he puts a tweet out and it, it completely changes the course of uh the financial markets and the way corn's traded and all this stuff. So I mean, they're supposed to start to go back to the table here is at the end of this month or the first of next month. I can't remember when it is with China and start. You know, we're going to be friends oh, again. Uh, <clears throat> we're all friends again. You know, we had just some 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 little things to work out, so on and so forth. And every time this comes up, we're two weeks away from a deal, and so on and so forth. But I have seventeen hundred and sixty-seven <laughs> followers. Nobody <laughs> listens to me. <laughs> He's got
0: how many million?
1: Right. Yeah. And, and but yeah. the thing about it is, I, I promise you, he'll put a he'll put a tweet out. Three days before, and talking about China sucks or something like that, and, and like he always does, and then, then all of a sudden it just goes sideways. So I got—I gotta, right, gotta yeah. believe—I gotta really believe that they have some level of a of a deal put out. They just can't agree on who's going to come out the winner because each one of them want to be the winner. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know how do I spin it to be I'm the I'm the winner and I made China. You know crumble and, and bow down to me and then China's going to go back to their citizenry and their pull bureau and everybody else and be like see we beat back the big Americans and I'm just you know so I just would just wish it would just end and go. go yeah I mean he, Trump
0: he's kind of that he wants to be right and um, he, he wants to win the debate. Yep. And, you know I'm always I'm always on the on the don't know what side of the fence to be on. I guess that's terrible to say but you know at one hand you know everybody loves Trump and then He does these tariffs, and the market breaks, or the the ag markets break, and then people start flipping and saying, well, you know, what the hell? He's breaking these tariffs off in us. And then at the same time, everybody's acting like China, or China is the one that's acting in good faith. Like, if Trump would just stop tariffing them, they would, you know, and stop trying to screw China, you know, we can get back to normal. Right. Well, why do we have a how-much-trillion-dollar trade deficit or multi-billion-dollar trade deficit with China? If they're playing it, acting in such good faith, you know, and they're playing it smart because they're pointing over. Is like, look, look at what he's doing. He's yeah. trying to be crazy. He's trying to be crazy with us. Yeah. You know, we're trying to act in good faith. And he keeps trying to keep throwing these tariffs at us. Like they're the ones that are not trying to do the same thing. They have gotten so used to screwing us on the trade deal. Oh, yeah. That it's like we're not going to. Why would we screw up a good thing? Yeah. We're not going to break something that's not fixed from our perspective.
1: Right. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the one thing too. Is I mean, China's gotten over on us for for years. You know, 20, 30 yeah. years, and it's just. And they every need us voted. worse than yeah. Oh, and they need us
0: worse than we need them. I yeah. mean, we need them. We need their market, but they need us worse. Yeah. They've got uh, over a billion people to feed, and they can't get over the fact that they're always going to be communist and they're always going to be controlling everybody. And um, they are. Perfectly content letting a few million people starve. They've proved it in the past.
1: Yep. yep and
0: um, it's just, it's, it's it's like you said earlier, they just, people just don't think, Americans think on a different level. Um, you know, not so much superior, well, I mean, not, maybe it's why we are number one, but um, everybody in the world doesn't think on the same level. They don't think the same way. They don't think the same way. That's how you should say it. Yeah. Um, it's just you know you go over to some countries which I've got it we got a guy that works for us he's been over to Africa to, to do ministry and he's like I asked him he's like are they just always going to be poor you know is Africa just always going to be poor he's like they just don't think the same way we do they just they, that's not how they think mm-hmm. they're they're almost content with just you know going along and to get along and just surviving. And they just they just don't think about getting ahead. And I mean that's just one you know that's not generalization, but where he goes, it's just that's just not how they think.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's it's, it's um, a different
1: mindset around the world, man. I mean, this different mindset. It's just, just, it's yeah. just uh, you know you, this country was founded on folks that are going to show up every day and, and try to try to get make themselves better and, and or, right. or get ahead or do whatever. And you can say that we have an individualistic mindset, and, and maybe that's true, um, but. Until you get on social media. Until you get on social media, right. Yeah. So well, Brian, I think we've solved most of the world's problems here, man. I feel like we've Oh uh, thank God. I think we've just, just completely uh tomorrow's gonna be a better day, that's for sure. So yeah, it won't be worse. <laughs> you got any final thoughts you wanna throw out there before we shut it down?
0: Oh man, not really. Um just uh like I said earlier, be intelligent with your uh when you're when you're talking to somebody who does not agree with you, especially when you're a producer and trying to kind of promote or uh, speak for the ag community um be intelligent and uh, be agreeable don't be disagreeable because that doesn't get you anywhere all it does is drink you all it does is drive you that much closer to alcoholism
1: right on yep all <laughs> right folks today is september 11th so think about where you were that day and uh remember the all the troops out there that have uh made the ultimate sacrifice for what we're doing. So um, it's been uh, 18 years since that's happened. It's been it's hard to believe that. But, um, you know, keep that keep that in the forefront of your mind today as you're going out and doing your stuff. So God bless America and God bless the troops that are out there fighting this, this uh, these uh, group of folks evil that forces. are just yeah. uh, are heinous people. So um, Brent, take care of yourself. We'll uh, talk again next week, bud. All right, man. We'll see you.